1: What's up, Big Sky Breakdown, coming to you late night on a Thursday night, almost midnight. It's a new format we're going to be doing, try to engage everybody, get you prepped up for the tournament in Boise. Uh, I'm also working, it's Coulter Nuanas by the way, skyline.sportsmt.com, that's where you can always find the Big Sky Breakdown podcast. Probably be playing some clips of this on Nuana's Now, our daily radio show as well, 1029 ESPN Missoula, uh, 1029 FM if you're in Western Montana or SWX Montana Television, ...around the state of Montana. Stream it, dot espncom as well. So appreciate you being here. We're going to round up the Big Sky Conference games, give you a little bit of analysis for both the Men's and Women's League. You'll hear the same intro here. And this is just a way for us to sort of make the rounds and save some time, but also give you content that's presentable to you. But you'll always hear the, the same scoreboard with the scores for both the Men's and Women's League. And then we'll get into a little bit of analysis for each league probably just you know a couple minutes five to eight minutes on each league uh, each of the mens and women's side of the big Sky conference each Thursday so stay tuned for all that appreciate you being here the uh, women's league tonight five games Sacramento State beat Northern Colorado 65 55 Eastern Washington beat Weaver State 74 61 Montana it's funny this ESPN scoreboard says Montana. Won 59-57 over Northern Arizona, but that's actually not true. We're going to get into that. A wild finish in the Lady Grizz game. But you win 60 to 59. False alarm for Lady Grizz. So Utah snaps Montana State's eight-game winning streak, 70-60. Idaho State drills Idaho 103-68. Montana State wins their tenth in a row, 77-74 over Portland State. Northern Arizona beats Montana in overtime, 72-67. Idaho State beats Idaho, 79-70. Weber State loses at Eastern Washington, two straight losses for Weber. And Northern Colorado beats Sac State, 79-61. Big Sky Breakdown presented in part by Blackfoot Communications as well as Alpine Touch. Appreciate Blackfoot for all their support in all our podcasting endeavors and appreciate Alpine Touch for all their support across the board, everything we've done at Skyline Sports and ESPN Missoula. Could have done it without those guys and love working with them as well. You can always find all their great products at alpinetouch.com, Alpine Touch, Montana's
2: a special
1: spice let's dive into the men's slate let's start with the montana schools we'll start with the school in bozeman uh i've been covering the cats for 11 years just you know full-time on the beat and covering the big sky for 15 cats have never won 10 in a row during that span until this year they already have more wins than any bobcat team i've ever covered they have 19 wins so far this season and that comes after their 77-74 win over portland state and uh the men's league is sort of frustrating, but the Bobcat team is very appealing to watch. They have great synchronicity. They have great uh, balance within their roster and their rotation. I think that their bench, particularly Raquan Battle, is uh, among, if not the best in the league. And uh, that's how you do this. That's how you win 15 games in, in the last 16. But it's been pretty incredible to watch. The most striking part to me, I know you're sort of still getting the, your your bearings with MSU men's basketball, Andrew Houghton with me, by the way, um, is that when Sprinkle came in, I knew he'd have great pride in the program. I also knew he'd have some stuff, some strategies that would work for him in Bozeman since he was familiar with it, having played there, having been an assistant there, and also just coming from the Mick Durham tree. You know, Mick Durham was, was probably the best coach in Bobcat history. But I expected Sprinkle, if they were going to get pretty good pretty fast, to do it with like slick guard play and shooting. And that is what they did it with his first year because he inherited Harold Frey, and then his second year because of bringing in Amin Adamu and Xavier Bishop. But what they've evolved into now is they still have those slick guards, but they're the toughest team in the league. That's the most impressive part. They're one of the only teams that can bully everybody else, and then that makes it so that you're way more fluid in all the different ways you can win. And uh, they endured a huge run tonight, But then Battle stepped up and hit a huge shot down the stretch. And, uh, I mean, Sprinkle said it on our show, on Nuanas Now, uh, on Wednesday. He said, this team's so unselfish, and you can see it in the guy like Xavier Bishop. He came in as a pure scorer. That's all we wanted him to do. And now, even if he doesn't score, he's such a huge facilitator. I mean, I think he had seven assists on Thursday night. So they're just spurning around. They're finding different ways to win. I mean, Abdul Muhammad has been their defensive guy, but he stepped up and had 16 points tonight. And uh, even though the men's league has been so weird, so up and down, and uh, many of the top teams have had a hard time sustaining, the one team that hasn't is Montana State. And so now it's affirmative. I and mean, Bobcats are absolutely the front runner, not just a contender. They're the front runner of the Big Sky Conference right now.
3: Well, Coulter, and that's how you grind out these results is that toughness. And, of course, we've talked so much about this season, but – third game in five or six days for them came down to the came down to the wire against Portland State. You have to have toughness to grind those games out and to, to sustain winning streaks like that because it is so easy to run out of gas. What I want to ask you about this Montana State team you know we've mentioned I've talked on the radio that there are five front runners in the conference. There are gonna be five buys to me it doesn't really matter what seeds you get where you fall in there. But is it a little bit different for a team like Montana State where winning the regular season conference title is sort of proof positive for them, gives a team that hasn't been there before a little bit more confidence going into it? Or do you think that's sort of overblown? Well, I think
1: so much of it is just how you match up and how you do against the other teams that are going to be in that same spot. So, really, all I really think is that if Montana, I mean, that Montana State just swept Portland State. If they, you know, if, if they go, it doesn't even matter if they win the regular season or not. It's more important to me, first of all, they need a crack at Southern Utah because they didn't get a regular season crack at them last year. They have to see if they can endure uh, a revenge punch, basically, from Southern Utah because they knocked Southern Utah out as the top seed last year. They just whipped Weber in the return match of that one. So basically, I guess to answer your question, I don't think anything matters for Montana State in terms of affirming what you're talking about, except for not not, uh, not having a downfall against Montana or Southern Utah. If you're really competitive in those games, great. If you win those games, awesome. And if you whip the, uh, those other teams in those games, then everybody's scared of you. If you go into the conference tournament and haven't drilled Weber by... 21 in Ogden, and then you have a resounding win over Montana. Which, by the way, I'm not predicting that, and I don't even think it's actually even possible in that game with a drastic year coach team for you to have a resounding win. You might win, but you're not going to blow the grids out for sure uh, just because of the way that they play defense and just the ugly style they're committed to, which we're going to get into here in just a minute. But uh, I mean, It's a great question, though. It's a great point, point. Uh, and I do think that conference title would be great feather in the cap first time they would have done that since 2002, and be a great accomplishment for Danny Sprinkle at his alma mater, but uh, not not as not as necessary as it's showing well against Montana and Southern Utah.
3: Well, Coulter, and as for the Grizz, now they've lost three out of four, yeah. and they're suddenly they're at the bottom of those five teams that we've been talking yep. about as as the front runners because with their loss tonight to Northern Arizona, they go they fall to nine and five in conference, and slip behind Northern Colorado, which is at four losses. Southern Utah and Weber State with three losses, and of course Montana State with two losses at the top. Coulter, you were at that game. What happened to the Grizz tonight?
1: Well, I mean, I think that it's it's uh, it's time to look in the mirror for the Grizz, no question, because the Idaho State loss is really bad, and you can try to explain it away in a variety of fashions, but it's point blank period a bad loss. But you can see how an Idaho State team playing at home against a team coming off of a game in Ogden can explode for 86 points and just outscore you. The Grizz lost the first time on their home court since last February tonight. Their, their, I think, 14-game total home winning streak snapped. They were 12-0 at home this year, snapped. But it was in a fashion of the two most striking parts about this game to me were, one, Montana lost playing the style they want to play. That's the first time they've gotten out-toughed and outlasted in a low-scoring game. And this game went to overtime, tied at 61. And uh, you know, if you recall, they beat Eastern Washington 61-59. They beat Portland State 66-64. They've been getting by by the skin of their teeth. But full credit, they've been controlling games and getting them down to those last-second situations and then winning those games. Well, then they get blown out and pokey, on Saturday and then they got out toughed on Thursday against Northern Arizona. The other most striking part though is that the the two most glaring personnel and stylistic weaknesses for the Grizz are so obvious. It's it's a consistent, like high motor, true big man. Josh Bannon's a great forward, but he's a slasher. He plays you know, he floats around a lot. He can play out of the post. He can guard all that stuff. But they need like a a rough and tumble Charles Oakley they need like an enforcer somebody to just do the dirty work somebody that can rebound for them somebody like that and Carson Tout exploited that fully and the other thing the Grizz don't have is shooting and Nick Maines exploited that fully and so you basically had these two you know above average but by no means like crazy transcendent big sky players just cooking the Grizz in the two spots where it's so glaring that they don't have an answer
3: well and I was gonna, as you were saying that first question, I want you know what about Mac Anderson right because he's the guy, but looking at the box score, he went too far he goes too far in the Oakley role because he fouled out in fourteen minutes tonight. Well, that's the
1: thing too though he's not enforcing anything. he just doesn't know where to go. I like Mac Anderson a lot. I think he can be a valuable player when he fills his role as like a Clint capella type rim runner, he's great, but he's a foul a minute, and if he has to play against a stout guy who can play in the high end low post like tout. It's over. Tout, I was texting a couple of people in the Big Sky Conference. I'm not saying Tout's the best player in the Big Sky. He's far from it. Every team in the Big Sky could use Tout. He could fit in anywhere. Everybody needs a guy like him. He's like a 6'6 tweener post player, but he's 230 pounds. He's super strong, and he runs the floor, and he plays with such a high motor. And I just can't believe guys like that aren't more coveted, especially considering like Eastern Washington's made a living out of guys like that play in their four spot. And uh, so, I don't know, I, th- I thought Tal was impressive, but I thought it was very... It, it was it was so... Um, such a revelation of... and more, more Not even a revelation, such an accentuation of what's ex- specifically wrong with Montana.
3: Yeah, it is a little bit shocking. I mean, if you had told me before the game that Jalen Cohn, Northern Arizona's scoring guard, would have had 13 points, but it would take him 13 shots to do it. Right. You know, Montana's winning that game by double digits, because I... I like Cone, but he's the one guy on Northern Arizona's team who can really go off and hurt you. Um... Now the Grizz are facing, and we talked about this last week, yep. when they were coming off that Idaho State loss, and they were you know, facing Southern Utah on Monday, that suddenly turns into a huge game for them, while Colter, Saturday is suddenly a huge game for them, with Portland State coming to Dahlberg Arena, and you look at it and you say, well, that's a game they should win, but at this point, who knows anymore, and of course, Portland State nearly knocked off Montana State tonight, but that just because a game like that where It shouldn't have a huge bearing and you shouldn't be worrying about it suddenly has huge meaning for the Grizz. Alpine Touch is
2: legendary around the state of Montana for providing delicious seasonings for every grilling occasion. Now, Alpine Touch offers so much more, from a savory new barbecue sauce to spicy pepper blends to tasty barbecue rubs. In addition to the classic, Alpine Touch has a variety of seasoning salts for whatever you need to spice up. Now that the holidays are over, Alpine Touch makes a perfect thank you gift to show your friends and relatives you love them. Alpine Touch, available at retail locations around Montana or online at alpinetouch.com. Alpine Touch. Montana's special spice.
1: No question. Absolutely. I mean, the Grizz got to stop the bleeding because it doesn't get any easier. This was supposed to be the quote-unquote easy part of your stretch. You think you're supposed to go get up against uh, Northern Arizona tonight, Portland State Saturday, and Idaho next week. Because then you got Southern Utah, Montana State, and Northern Colorado all coming down the pipe. You got three of the five best teams in a row. So you got to get the ones you can get because if you don't, if you start spiraling, all of a sudden you lost six out of eight or something like that going to the conference tournament. That's definitely not ideal for Montana. We'll have more on this on Nuanas now on Friday. Uh, but last thing uh, on the men's league here uh, Northern Colorado is was, was an important win only because it helps them keep pace especially with the Grizz losing Idaho State's first road win of the season. So, uh, you know, I don't know. ISU's won two out of three. That's a great streak for them considering their struggles this year. But uh, I thought Easter Washington was really good when they played in in Missoula. And that was one of four straight losses for the Eagles was sort of dropped them out of the conversation. But they beat Weber tonight in Cheney. And uh, now they're back in the conversation. Because now they're sitting there kind of in the mix with Montana and uh we know they can match up with Montana a little bit, only lost by two in the rematch at Dalberg, but that's a big win over Weaver State. Now Weaver State lost two in a row.
3: Yeah, Coulter, when Eastern Washington came here to Dahlberg, I mean you could you could see it. They got a lot of talent and they've got a, a lot of, you know, good players. They have players who fill the roles that they want to play. I think their post guy. Linton Eccles, like you said, I mean Eastern Washington makes hay just turning those tweener fours into all conference players. I think the guard, Rylan Burgesson, is really good. We didn't see much out of Steele Ventures in that game, but you know he's one of the top scorers in the conference. Eastern Washington definitely has some talent, and uh, they're the team at the bottom half that nobody should be surprised pulled off a result like that.
1: More on the Big Sky Breakdown this weekend. More on Nuanas now. Tomorrow, that's Friday. Thanks for being here. I don't know if anybody's listening to this at 1230 at night, but if you are, awesome. And if you're listening to it anytime after, thanks for that as well. Thanks to Blackfoot Communications and Alpine Touch as the proud presenting sponsors of the Big Sky Breakdown.